college, I had three best friends, and the four of us, man, we did everything together. We pulled crazy pranks that maybe some other time I can tell you about. We were in a band, and looking back now, it was like a really weird band. We'd play hardcore and screamo shows on the weekend, mixed in with like some bluesy rock songs. And then on Wednesday night, we would lead our campus praise and worship night. It's like so strange. Well, out of the four of us, two were named Ryan. And so one night we decided we needed to come up with nicknames so that we could easily distinguish between the other Ryan and myself as we were talking. And we decided that my friend Ryan needed to be called Cooter. Okay, let me tell you why. Close your eyes for a second. Picture in your mind someone with the name Cooter. All right, I guarantee that the person you just pictured is my friend Ryan. He's exactly what you would think of when you think of Cooter. And now when it came to me, someone blurted out, let's just call him Stinky. I don't know who it was, probably Cooter because he was mad that we were calling him Cooter. And I promise you the name Stinky had no correlation to my actual scent or hygiene practices. Nonetheless, they started calling me Stinky. And of course, it stuck. And slowly over my sophomore year, it started to spread. Everyone began calling me Stinky. And for the next two years, I was known by one name and one name only at college. I was Stinky. And I didn't really know how much that name had taken over until the last semester of my senior year when I was talking to one of my friends and she said, Hey, Stinky, I've known you for two years and I've never heard anyone call you by your real name. I don't even know what it is. What's your name? Well, let me ask you, have you ever had a nickname? Maybe the name that you go by isn't your actual birth name. Peter is right there with us. Let's jump into the first verse of 1 Peter and see why this is so important. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And so let's just stop and camp for a moment on the very first word of that book, Peter. The author identifies himself by the name Peter. And this is a huge thing that he calls himself Peter because, of course, that wasn't always his name. In John 1, we see the first time Jesus meets Peter in verses 41 and 42, where it says, Andrew found his own brother Simon and said to him, We found the Messiah, which means Christ. And so he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. And so it's kind of cool. So here we see Peter's birth name. And not many other times do we see the apostle's first and last name. So here is Peter, otherwise known as Simon Johnson. Okay, I don't know if that's his last name, but it's kind of funny to think about. You know, the first moment, though, Jesus lays eyes on this man, Jesus says, You are Simon, but you will be called Peter, which means rock. Jesus saw something in Simon that wasn't true of him yet, but one day it would be. And listen, Jesus sees the finished product in you, not just who you are now or what your past says that you are, but who you can be through the transforming power of Christ. And this is clear from a couple other interactions between Jesus and Simon. In Matthew 16, verse 13 through 18, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. 
He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Did you catch that? Jesus called him Simon, the name he is used to, but then immediately as a response to Peter's confession of Christ as Lord, Jesus says, you are Peter. He is now a new creation. His identity, which he had known his whole life, was changed. And you know, of course, Jesus still knows our weaknesses. Before he was arrested and crucified, he continued to flesh out this dual nature of Simon and Peter in Luke chapter 22. Verse 31 through 34 says this, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. So here Jesus is intentionally getting Peter's attentions by calling him by his old name because he is saying, listen, you're going to act like the old you. You are going to mess up. But then Jesus says, even though you will deny me, and he changes the name that he refers to him by here. He Instead of Simon, now all of a sudden in the same interaction, he calls him Peter. Even though you will sin and you turn your back on me, that is not who you are. You are Peter, the rock. And so Peter, towards the end of his life, as he writes this letter, begins by identifying himself with the name that Christ chose to give him. Don't miss the significance of that. And not only that, but he continues, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Not just the name, but the title he identifies himself was apostle. And what's weird though is all throughout Peter's life, he acted unlike an apostle on so many occasions. He had a hard time understanding Jesus's words and parables just like us. He was with the other disciples who wanted to keep the children away from Jesus. He took his eyes off Jesus while walking on the water. He began to sink just like we do. Peter argued about who was the greatest disciple. He didn't want to believe that Jesus had to die. He didn't want Jesus washing his feet. Our pride is no better. Peter falls asleep in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was supposed to be watching and praying. Hey, falling asleep while praying? I'm guilty. He denies that he was a follower of Jesus three times. And friends, we've all denied Christ through our words or through our actions. And so with all of this baggage in Peter's past, he could have easily given up and sunken into the shame cycle. And you've been there, stuck in shame over your own past sins and failures, and it paralyzes you. And you miss out on every good thing that God has planned for your life. And yet, Peter kept pressing on towards Christ through his life so that at the end, as he introduced himself, he wasn't Simon the fisherman or Simon the betrayer or even Simon the guy that walked with Jesus. 
No, he took the identity Christ had given him and the purpose Christ had planned for him. And he said, I am Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And so I no longer have to be stinky, the sinner. You no longer have to identify or feel the shame of who the world says you are or what your past declares about you. In Christ, you are a new creation made on purpose for a purpose. And like Peter, let's keep going after it. Let's be the people. You be the person God created you and called you to be. And so that's Peter. And next time, we'll be looking at who Peter is writing to and what this whole elect exiles mean. And so until then, let's pray. Jesus, I worship you for the beauty of your plan and purpose in my life. Without your spirit, I am spiritually blind to it. But by your power and grace, my eyes have been opened to your glory and to my own identity in you. So thank you for revealing yourself that I may know you, follow you, and love you. Amen. Amen.